to the Impeccable Perspective Podcast, where we help you discover gospel clarity and openness in a new way by letting go of the culture and finding your truth while having some fun doing it. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Peck and Luann Rowney. Well, everyone, welcome back. Another week, another podcast. It's just how our life rolls these days. This is who we are and what we do. And we do it all for you. Everything I do, I do for you. I, I was, a song is coming on. Is that Brian Adams? When you're a little Brian another Adams. Another fine Canadian? <laughs> no way. Is he really Canadian? You didn't know that? I did not Canadian. know that. 1,000%. Boy. <laughs> he absolutely is. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a native son. What you talking about? Yeah, for sure. Good deal. We just dated ourselves again uh, also. I'm getting more dates than I ever thought I'd ever get <laughs> just by dating myself. <laughs> this is fun times. It's kind of lonely dating yourself. It is. Yes. It is. But I mean, you know, you're never disappointed. True. <laughs> Carry on a great conversation with yourself. It's a cheap date. <laughs> Best date ever. Cheap date. All kinds of good stuff. Yeah. A little lonely, but uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's okay. I can have the conversation I want and I'm always right. True. So this is are, also true. Those are good qualities. You could argue with yourself, but in the end, you're always right. I'm always going to win this that is argument. True. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so many of you might be wondering, where do we come up with all of our topics? That was something I was thinking about recently today and leading up to this. Um, and uh, it's, uh, well, it's just like you'd expect. We have a giant wheel here in my apartment <laughs> and we spin it every week. And whatever topic comes up, that's what we talk about. Like Wheel of Fortune. It kind of is. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I know, the what would we call it? I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. I say we'd come up with our topics through being open and willing to listen. And so we'll chat about it, and we just feel what feels right for this time in our lives and hopefully the lives of our tribe and the people out there, a lot of what's going on in society or within our our realm of being, and that's where we come up with those. You're the feeler. I'm the feeler. You're the thinker. I'm the thinker. That's right. Yeah, we do. And in fact, it's kind of interesting uh, to see because we do plan ahead. We, we do have a list of topics that we think are relevant and important that people are going to want to hear. Topics that are important to us, whether they're part of our faith or whether they're experiences that we've had or things that are uh, passionate uh, to us in terms of the gospel. But uh, a lot of times uh, we switch things up at the last minute, um, or there's been several occasions, you know, Luann has said, hey, I just felt inspired to talk about this instead, let's do that, or, or we're talking, and that's, that's kind of what happened with today's topic. We were kind of planning on some other things for today, but uh, through conversations this week, uh, and, and not even about the podcast, um, mostly about my <laughs> life and my current struggles, but uh, this topic uh, just sort of popped up, and we decided, yeah, you know what, this is per- the perfect time for this topic. So we do feel like, um, in, in ways, it's inspired, and we, we do feel like God is sort of leading this uh, effort, uh, which is great, and we feel that it's the right thing to be doing, and uh, we're enjoying having good success with it and having you know a, a wonderful tribe that we're creating of people who love this and get value from it and that's a a wonderful thing so the topic that we've decided for today is letting god prevail in our lives which is interesting and i think people might say well yeah obviously (laughs) that's what we do like i mean if you're a christian you're gonna let god prevail but what does mm, that really mean that's the real deep deep dive into that one and the real deep question is what does that really mean and it is a true surrender of everything which the natural man is never going to want to do that he wants to hang on and the ego and then and it's you know satan like that's part of his thing of being in this world is hey just you know hang on to this little bit just don't don't give it up don't let go i'm going to represent the natural man for the purpose of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) because that's more close to the truth i think than, (laughs) than anything but the thing is, we all have the natural man calling to us, and we will as we continue to be in our bodies. And so it's always going to be a balance of that. And the thing is, people can say, well, I surrender, and I really have turned my life over. But guess what? you got to recommit tomorrow and the next day and the next day because the natural man's always going to come back and say, hey, Joe, remember me? I, you know, Or Luanne, remember me? I'm, I'm here. I'm still 
part of, and that's, and that's indeed what life is about. Like that's, it is uh, why we're here. It is. It's a big part of life. And, and I think, um, you know, just for all of our, you know, non-Mormon listeners, because I used to be one, and uh, I never really understood the term or heard, even heard the term natural man until I joined the church and understood all this. So just to clarify, if you're not quite sure what, what we mean by that, um, the natural man is just uh, an inherent uh, desire that we all have as human beings to sort of follow the ways of the world or to take the path of least resistance or to give into temptation and all of, all of these kinds of things. And we all have that desire and that, that mm. inherent desire w- within us. Correct. And following that is, is what we talk about when we, when we say, you know, the natural man would lead us to do this or choose this or choose that versus the spiritual side or the spiritual man where, uh, you know, you're prone to follow God and, and, and more of your spirituality. So in, in the gospel library, this is one of my favorite little parts of it is little definitions that are kind of a nice... Cliff Note. Remember Cliff Notes? I do. I had to have those for college. Reader's Digest version. I don't even know if they have those anymore. Now you just get on Google and cheat. But it's easy, yeah. Exactly. Get your phone and you're good to go. Exactly. Um, Use use Google and let them translate whatever you want. All right. But the natural man in it, a person who chooses to be influenced by the passions, desires, appetites, and senses of the flesh, rather than by the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Because the other ones speak pretty loud, and the Holy Spirit speaks very quietly. Such a person can comprehend physical things, but not spiritual things. All people are carnal or mortal because of the fall of Adam and Eve, which we just talked about. And I think that's where this leads into this, is the natural man is part of that fall, and it has, it has to be. Each person must be born again through the atonement of Jesus Christ to cease being a natural man. Wow. There you go. <clears throat> yep. So, um, right. And just to, uh, like, a thought that came to my mind while you were reading that is uh, when you're talking about, you know, carnal desires and passions and things like that, um, it doesn't mean when we, when we talk about this, we're not saying that it's wrong to have those desires or passions. They're natural for us. We desire all kinds of things. Uh, all we're saying, and, and, you know, when you sort of let the, the spiritual side of you, um, you know, sort of uh, be in control, and if you choose to follow that instead, the idea is just keeping those desires and passions uh, within boundaries, right? And, and not uh, becoming a slave to those, but becoming a master of your desires. You can still uh, obviously pursue them, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing you shouldn't feel bad about, for example, if you really... Uh, you know, or a love uh, sex, for example, that's one passion that we all have. And it's a, it's a natural desire that we've been given. And it's a very good thing. And it's okay to want to, um, to, to act on those desires. Uh, when we're talking about all this, we're just really saying, let's keep those but desires in check. Boundaries. Within the boundaries. Right. That's and all that's it is. Within it's the boundaries not that bad the Lord's to have. Given us. But so it's interesting, even those carnal desires, the Lord has given us those boundaries within commandments, within the scriptures, for those of us who are LDS, within the temple covenants that we make, there are these boundaries to keep us safe and healthy, those natural man desires. And and intimacy is one of those where here are the bounds that I've given you, and if you can stay within those bounds, then you will be blessed and you will also find safety, peace, and happiness because it is a, a practice of that brings us happiness in our lives whenever we stay true to that. It's true, and there's a lot of religions out there that are, um, you know, very puritanical in nature, and they will say that sex is wrong or sex is bad, or you shouldn't have these desires, you shouldn't act on your desires, you shouldn't have these thoughts, you need to keep yourself completely pure, and I mean, you know, our faith is no different, to be quite honest, and this is, you know, when we refer to the culture of the church, is that that's the mindset we're talking about, is that very puritanical, judgmental type of mindset that uses guilt and shame to keep people in line, which is not right, and it's not what God's plan is. But there's nothing wrong with having these natural desires. They're very, very important to us. And, you know, intimacy, as an example, is a beautiful gift that God's given us, and he wants us to use it. He just simply wants us to keep it within the boundaries that he set for our own safety and for our own, you know, enjoyment and and pleasure. And you know uh, sex can become an addiction in worst case. It can become... Uh, a slave, uh, you can become a slave to something like that if you don't have boundaries on that. So that's all we're kind of saying here. We're not trying to promote that it's wrong to have natural man desires. We all have those desires. We were born with those. That's part of being mortal. It's part of our journey here. And the focus is to really become 
a master of those passions and desires and use them in the way that's going to benefit you and be the, the happiest and also how God intended. So that was the soapbox little Ooh, uh, soapbox mantra for today. came out in the first few minutes. It always does. Always it does. Always does. I like that. Get it out of the way. So then we can just uh, relax and talk about the topic today. <laughs> so here we are, letting God prevail in our lives. So that's, um, that's a difficult thing because I think it's... Uh, it, it, it seems to be pretty clear for, and all you know, we can just reference our experiences in our church, and you can think about your own church and whatnot. And, and the, but when I th- when I think about that, most people in our church would say that they're letting God prevail because they're active in their faith, right? They go to church every week. They're uh, good people. They uh, participate and volunteer. They serve other people. They give of their time and their talents to help build the kingdom of God, let's say, or, or help with their church, or they, uh, you know, just to serve other people, all these different things. And so they are letting God prevail. But I, I don't know, I, for me, it's, um, so the, the, the term that we're, that really defines letting God prevail is going all in. And that means fully submitting, fully committing, which sounds pretty scary. And it sounds like, how do you even do that without losing who you are? Uh, but at the same time, I think people kind of fall into like, well, I'm doing all these things. And so, yes, I'm letting God prevail. But are you really? But it's interesting. You just fell into the checklist, which we oh, talk, yeah. bing, the checklist. The checklist has made its appearance. <laughs> but it's that's the culture of I'm all in because, look, I went to church on Sunday. I predicted the sacrament. I went to the temple this week. I had, you know, come follow me with my family. I read my scriptures. I said my prayers. Ding, I've completed them all. That means God's prevailing in my life. And I, I think until President Nelson presented this in conference, a lot of people have never really asked themselves that question and really been contemplative and felt, am I letting God prevail? And what exactly does that mean? And I still don't think people have given a lot of time and space, creating a space to what does that mean in my life every day? And there are some that will that talk about it, and I, you know, they're very vulnerable and very open to that about how they allow God into their life to move them, just as He would move the dust of the earth, or as the oceans move. That you know, He allowing themselves to just go with the gentle rock of the waves. And if you think of the ocean, like sometimes it's calm, sometimes it's rough and rocky, and the pandemic definitely has been rough and rocky, and it's just going along with that and saying, you know what, God's prevailing in my life life because this is his will and I'm not going to fight against it complain about it I'm just going to love God and continue doing the things that he would want me to do you say that like it's easy yeah it's not (laughs) it's not easy (laughs) it's not easy that's for sure trust me and uh yeah again you know I I don't ever want to you know give the impression that we think we have all this figured out and we're talking about this stuff because we're authorities on it we have it uh, mastered and uh, we're just here to to help you because you need our help (laughs) it's not like that at all we are um we a lot of these topics we we choose because we need them in our lives and we realize you know what i'm really falling short on this in this area Let's talk about that. Let's talk about why we're falling short so other people can relate to that and, and then give solutions into how can we all overcome this. So, yeah, uh, absolutely not. Uh, this is one area that I absolutely suck at. I'll be totally honest. <laughs> well, like I'm very, I struggle with that a lot. I do. And I, my input to that is the reason Joe and I come up with these topics is because we struggle with them too. Absolutely. And it's something in our lives that we look at and go, am I really letting God prevail in my life and where I'm at? And and how how am I doing? It's not a checklist. It's an internal search, searching, right? Yeah. I'm really willing to search and look. And that's the scary place of looking in the deep corners of my life that are dark and saying, what's in there? Am I really manifesting that in my life and what I'm, what I choose to do in my day? And the answer it, is usually no for me <laughs> a lot of times. I think for all of us, it might be, well, today I really struggled with that concept. Oh, I know. It's, it's brutal. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough thing. And uh, I don't know. It's, I look at some people who seem to be all in and uh, they seem to make it effortless. And I just don't uh, see that. But, you know, I get caught up on, on a few things. One is, I think, a fear of losing, missing out. And that's not right. But that's kind of what comes to mind. To, to me, if you're completely going all in on the gospel, then you're turning your back on the world. And uh, for me, I struggle with that because there's a lot of wonderful things in the world that you can have in your life that aren't bad in any way. And and uh, just kind of, you know, giving all of that up or completely looking through the lens of, you know, just a, a gospel perspective only in your life to me is, is kind of change. I feel like it's changing who I am. 
I'm not saying that that's necessarily true at all. That's just how I feel about it. And, uh, and, and so, and also too, I think for me, um, going all in means I've got to act differently. I've got to act like these people in the church who are all in and, you know, they're just always super righteous and they're always super spiritual and, and, um, you know, they, that's their whole life is the gospel. And I don't know, I think, you know, there can be too much of a good thing. I, I think you have to have balance in your life, which is important. Uh, but I don't know, this, these are the kind of the, the problems that I face, like the obstacles I face to going all in is just this mindset. I'm not saying that it's, it's right, you know, and I can, I need to fix it, but this is what I personally, what I struggle with right now. I'm really not ready to kind of make that commitment, but I don't know at the same time, you know, you, you could really be missing out on, on a lot of things. So what's interesting is now you have fear of missing out if I were to surrender and be letting God prevail, but then I have a fear of missing out of the worldly things. And so it's interesting. There's FOMO on both sides it is. of it, but it's interesting too, in listening to what you're talking about, that there's this fear of letting go of who I am. And yet that's, Oh, now we're going to get deep. Oh that's, Oh boy, here we go. My perspective of my mortal self and who I am is simply my limited perspective. Whereas if I tap into who God knows that I am, it opens up to a completely different person that I don't know because I'm looking at it through my mortal eyes and my mortal understanding as opposed to my spiritual eyes. And that person is so much greater in many healthy, spiritual ways that we, eternal is a good word, that we don't see in our mortal perspective, but we're so afraid to let go of that mortal because that's what we know. And the the uncertainty is difficult and scary for us to go into and, and that's uncertainty in many ways. If, if I turn my life over to God, what will it look like? Like my biggest thing is I have things I like to do, kind of the same as yours. I have things, will I still have time for me? Because I know I need a balance of you know, my meditation practice and yoga and running. And, and, and does full devotion mean I don't do those things? And I realize, no, I still have to have a balance here in this mortal realm. But it's more of surrendering and asking and being willing to to go and do and sacrifice no matter what it is and sometimes it's very small and simple things like spend more time with your kids and I think oh that's too easy but that's not that's not necessary doesn't have to be super hard it's just more of being in tune with what the Lord would want you to do at that time and it's it's off it's most times small and simple and it's always peaceful peaceful calm and centered that was deep that was deep that was yeah. very deep. And I think it's uh, kind of what I was reminded of is the person that God knows you can become, right? His, his vision of who you are, which we don't really understand. I don't know that we're necessarily capable, capable of understanding who we can be, like the real true eternal potential that we have. I don't know that we can fathom that at this point. And that's scary because I don't know who that person is. And do I take a leap of faith and try to become that person by going all in and the gospel and letting God guide me to along that path to become the person he wants me to be when I have no idea what that's going to look like, what I have to do, what I have to sacrifice. It's, it's super scary and it holds a lot of people back, including myself. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm very, it's funny because I'm very aware uh, spiritually and, and gospel wise, I have a very solid testimony we call it in our church just a clear understanding and a a knowledge that uh, the gospel is true that the savior is uh, our savior and that god is real all those things i know those for a fact and we call that a testimony so that's very strong with me personally especially as a convert to the church you know you don't choose to live this lifestyle unless you know for sure that it's real and i think is is one of the blessings that converts have is they do go all in 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 a way i mean i completely changed my life and recommitted to this uh, whole new kind of living and, uh, and commitment to God because I knew that it was real. So in a sense, I have that capacity to go all in, and I, I understand that. But at the same time, it's kind of hard to go to that next level where, you know, you really, it's, it's a mindset thing and it's a willingness to let go. And it is a surrender to him. And it's just hard to do. Like it's, it's well, so hard because it creates so, it needs so much faith. It, and it needs energy. And it's that commitment. I, I'm out of energy. You know that right now. <laughs> this is a tough time for me right now. I'm a little bit out of energy. But Joe's, on, Joe's on empty in I'm his tank. I'm on fumes here. But it's, that's the thing in that commitment. Then the Lord fills our tank. And when it's gaining an understanding and having faith that it will fill whenever I surrender 
wonder, and I am open to that. And I, I believe that people are afraid also of, of being that amazing being and seeing who that is because they feel like then I can't have grouchy days or have days that I don't feel 100%. But that's not the truth either because in mortality, we have weaknesses. We have illness. We have things that are going to affect us, meaning I won't be that person all the time. Uh, but it's giving 100%. I was looking at the, uh, as we were prepping for this, uh, the reminder of Elder Worthland whenever he stood at the pulpit for conference and he was giving his last talk and he was drooping little by little. And then Nelson came and supported him? Yeah. You held him up? Yeah. But he was giving 100% of what he had. And it wasn't his best. It wasn't his best talk ever, but it was still very spiritual. And it and it and he did the best that he could. And I, it was a great example to us that... No matter where I'm at in life, I can I can give a hundred percent of whatever that is, and I feel like that's what the Quorum of the Twelve gives us is this this perspective of them devoting their lives and and whatever level that's at until their end, till they die. It's amazing what they can do and how they do it, and and I, you know it's it's kind of disheartening when if you use that as the measuring stick if your definition of going all in and letting God prevail in your life is well I have to live at the level of an apostle. Uh, you're going to not want to do it. You're but let go of the time. comparison of that. Right. I'm not comparing to that. Mine might be something different, like doing this podcast is going more all in, that I'm devoting you know, hours of, of study, which I love the study, and, and going and doing these things and giving to others is is that level of going all in. But people are afraid to really look inward and see who that eternal bright self is because it's a fear then of living up to being true to that. And it's much easier to be true to myself whenever I see myself at an easier level of life because then I can slough, kind of slough around is what I call it or just you know, say, oh, I can do this and that's okay because this is where I'm choosing to be is if I'm all in, no, I can't sit and watch uh, 40 minutes of Netflix. I need to go out and serve somebody. Right? And it's that fear again of, of losing that ability to just say, I need to take a break. Did you say 40 minutes? Well, isn't that how long a Netflix show is? It's 40 Uh, minutes. Some of them are 50. Some are 40. Yeah, I guess that's true. They're probably sort of around there like that. I'm thinking like, no, I mean, I'm watching for three hours. hours. Yeah. 40 minutes. Let's talk about four hours. That's silly. If I'm going to sit down and watch Netflix, it's going to be more than that. Yeah. However, I know, I think, um, I think another thing that holds me back too is, uh, the idea. And again, this is probably just a false narrative, but the idea of going all in means, um, the checklist, right? It means, well, then I have to do more and I have to always do all of these things and stay actively busy. But I don't think that that's what going all in means. I think you were right when you talked about it um, in, in terms of surrendering. And it's just saying, listen, you know, God, here's where I'm at in my life right now. It's not pretty. I'm not great. I, you know, I make mistakes. I, I give in to certain things. But you know what? I want to get on that path to become better that way. I want to. I want to let you prevail in my life. So, what does that look like? Help me just understand what. Where can I start from where I'm at? That's all it is. You don't have to take it all on and, and start to become, you know, like an apostle. Because it's line upon line, precept upon precept. Now we're getting into the scriptures, which is the pure truth, and looking for the pure truth of that. You're right on. And in my study, I've noticed that whenever someone has an experience where they see God, or whenever they're forgiven of all of their sins, they have to first say, and this would be a good podcast to talk about this whole thing. They first have to say, I'm willing to give away all of my sins, meaning I've looked at all of my sins. I'm willing to look inside and see all of them and really own them, recognize them, and say, these are mine, and that's the only time then I can give them away. But they're willing to look at all of my sins and turn them over to the Lord, and then they see God after that. And it's, that's... Sure all of them, though? We all. Have to, we have to give all? All. I mean, there's some that I still like. You have to go back to when you're a little kid and you, you know, burn something down or... <laughs> <laughs> I never did that. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I mean, you know, I lived a pretty normal <laughs> life that way, but uh, I don't know. There's still some vices I have that I have a hard time And And I think up. that's the fear of like, if yeah. I look at that part of myself, there's just this, this disgust almost of, uh, how can I be a perfected being in this eternal being? If that's really who I am, letting go of that and saying, no, I love and accept all of those parts of myself. And I'm willing to give those to the Lord. That's truly the change of heart 
and truly where we let God prevail because we allow him. And let's go back to the natural man, how whenever we allow the savior into our lives, that's the only way that we are able to let go of the natural man, that whenever we're willing to do that, we're saying to him, I'm willing to let go of all of those things and turn them over to you. And now I've become a changed creature through the atonement, but it's a whole, a whole hearted, whole self experience. So what that means is you can surrender to God and say, hey, listen, I want to let you prevail in my life, even though I, you know, I'm not perfect, right? And you're never going to be like, we're not, we're never going to be, we're perfect. never going to be perfect in this life. Please understand that. Uh, the, uh, the, the culture of the church will tell you otherwise, I think. They, there's such an emphasis on that, and people take it the wrong way. Uh, no, you, you can't be perfect. You don't have to be perfect at all to let God prevail. So don't think wherever you're at right now with whatever challenges you face, whatever sins you commit, whatever uh, vices you have, it doesn't matter. Um, the point is change your mindset and just say, hey, listen, I do want to let God prevail. And you can still be you know, um, I mean, you don't have to change everything about yourself all at once is what I'm saying, right? You, you, just because you're letting God prevail in your life doesn't mean that you're never going to sin again. Of course you're going to sin. It doesn't mean that you're instantly going to get past something that you struggle with, whatever it is, a passion, a desire, an addiction, um, j- just a, a temptation, anything like that. You're still going to have those things, and it's okay. You don't have to get over all of that stuff before you allow yourself to submit to God and to let him prevail. But do you notice that's me trying to get over it? You're now taking the natural man and saying, I'm the one who has to do it as opposed to I'm surrendering. So that's the exact opposite. But that's what the natural man tells you. You do it. You can make it happen. You can let go of these on your own. I told you I'm representing the natural man Uh, for this episode. So I'm doing a good job of that. It comes very naturally to me. (laughs) Interestingly, Joe and I talked about uh, Elder Holland's talk from October 2021, and he has a little quote from C.S. Lewis. I love how he paraphrases things because he makes them a little a little more entertaining he says c.s lewis imagines the lord saying to us something like this i don't want your time or your money or your work as much as i just want you that tree you are pruning i don't want it to cut off a branch here or there i want the whole thing down and that tooth i don't want to drill it or crown it or fill it I want to have it out in fact i want you to hand over to me your whole natural self Notice it's not your whole natural man. Interesting, C.S. Lewis used natural self also without ever being a member of the church. And I will give you a new self instead. In fact, I will give you myself. My will shall become your will. So we're not asking you to take that literally. We have to give up your teeth or whatever. If you have a cavity, go get a cavity. I get a feeling. It's, it's not what it is. And this was written in the 1800s, right? C.S. Lewis, um, when it was a whole different time and mindset on how things look and whatnot. The takeaway from that is surrender yourself and let, like God will give you a new self, but he'll give you himself. But I think what's interesting, I like the pruning example. Sure, you can cut a branch off here, a branch there, but you want to take the whole tree down? No, I, don't, I can't do that. That's too painful. That's going to kill right. the tree when in all reality the tree springs into something completely more beautiful and amazing wow okay that's so, a, that's uh yeah i'm thinking of karate kid and the bonsai trees now ah. pruning those little suckers <laughs> right it's all <laughs> symbolic and metaphorical very cool okay so uh, one thing i wanted to talk about uh is um i was just as i was preparing for this and, and thinking about all of this i kind of had a thought to uh to look up um the uh, definition of the word prevail. Ah. And I know that's a very Mormon thing. Most talks that people give in church, they, well, the definition of this, the Webster's Dictionary says about I, this I way. I think it's more a scholarly thing. Kind of sounds like you're at I know, university. But I, think they, I know, but I think they do that to try and sound scholarly. Oh. Whatever. That's not what I'm doing today because this is actually, because I went another step further and created even more value here because uh, in, the de- in the dictionary, there are five definitions of the word prevail. And so what I've, uh, and I kind of got prompted to, um, to create uh, sort of uh, an idea of, uh, so first of all, each of these definitions uh, represent God, I noticed. You can see God in each one of these mm, definitions of it, which is characteristics of God in that. So I said, if we let God prevail in our lives, what does that look like for us? I mean, in other words, how does that manifest through us? What mm-hmm. do we become? If we let this, each definition of God How does prevail, it work through me? How does if, it work through okay. me? What, what do I do exactly? So let's, let me show you because it's easier to, to give an example. So the first definition of prevail is to be widespread or current, exist everywhere or generally. 
which we could say is God. I mean, that's totally that totally is God. Right. So what does that mean? So if we let God prevail in our lives, according to that definition, if we if God exists everywhere, if if uh, if it's widespread current being with us, what does that do for us? Well, for me, that said that God would consume us. Right. Because he's existing everywhere. So he's consuming all of us existing Ooh. everywhere within us. And he emanates from, from us, us as a result. But I would see that as an energy thing, because as yes. I allow my energy again, like in meditation, it's allowing God to flow through me. And as I do that and combine it with my energy, now I'm part of the whole and part of everyone here on the planet and, and part of uh, spiritually part of everyone, which is exactly the truth of the gospel. Energy is truth and it exists everywhere. And, uh, you know, that's one thing that we support fully is, uh, truth in every area, not just in one religion or in Christianity alone. Uh, you know, there's truth everywhere. And this is a big thing with you, right? With Buddhism and with, uh, spirituality and, um, energy and the universe, all that kind of stuff. But it's true. It's that's truth. what it is. And we are right. energy as like, phys- like realistically and physically, we are energy because we were created from matter and created from energy and it's, exactly. it's a very real thing so yeah in that in that way so you can see that hey if you let god prevail in your life he's going to emanate from you it's going to just um it, it, that energy is going to come out of you and people are going to recognize that second definition to appear or occur as the most important or frequent feature or element predominant is another word for that and so uh what i said how that would look if we uh, let God prevail by that definition in our lives, that that would manifest in our actions. Right. So, ooh, the first one was being. Right. The second oh. one is doing. Oh, my gosh. Wasn't, did we just do an episode on that? Wow. Joe, I'm impressed. You just <laughs> connected the dots on that oh, one. Oh, totally, 100%. Hey, when you get inspired, you get inspired, right? Yeah. This is, this is real stuff. So, yeah, so all of a sudden now we're going to act like God would have us act, let's say. Right. right. And you would see things in actions, like you would see someone's action and say, oh, that's of God. Or Yes. It'd yes. Be very, right. So that's a good point. It would be very obvious to other people looking at you and saying, wow, you know, you're, that's, that's a man of God, let's say, or that's, you know, someone who has, uh, you know, very righteous uh, actions. It just, your actions just will change, uh, you know, if God is prevailing in your life. Very interesting. Okay. Definition number three, uh, to be or prove superior in strength, power, or influence. Again, okay. that's clearly God. I and mean, he doesn't need to prove it because he really is. He's omniscient. He's you know, omnipresent. He's all of right. those things. And he doesn't need to prove it because that's truth again. So, yeah. I totally well, exactly. No, no, it is. But, I mean, it does represent God. I mean, mm-hmm. power and influence and strength. I mean, he, he's all of that, of course, like that. So if we let God prevail in our lives according to that definition, the way that I see that it would manifest in us is that we would be able to resist temptation. Um, we'd be able to stand up for what's right. And um, we would be able to help good prevail. And I know I just used the word, but that's what came to my mind with that. Um, Which is pretty powerful, I think. Having godly power, having godly influence, having the strength of God within us, we could resist any temptation that comes our way. We could stand up for what was right. And we could absolutely help good prevail in our lives and in the lives of others. Okay, uh, that was a rough one. Number four, to succeed or to become dominant, to win out. And to me, that meant how, how it would look for us is we would be humbled. We would submit our will to God. Um, I think win is an interesting one. Again, that's more outward manifestation of right. doing. But if we shift that into really letting him in in a being way he's not winning he's just present like there's always god's presence within us and we're allowing that in and allowing that to be a part of us and it's not really a game that we're winning or losing like and, and these are just definitions that it they're using just, which i get Webster's, yeah, right? right but i agree with that it's just not that we're playing a game i guess you could say it's me against him who's going to win in this god will always win but Go ahead and try that one. I've tried it many times. Here's what I would like. And he says, wow, that's really yeah. nice, but that's not what I'm going to give you at this time in that's your life. That's really cute. Okay. Yes. Here's how it's going to be for real. Right. I know. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, but uh, no, I, I think, uh, yeah, if God becomes dominant, I, I, the, the thought that I had is, is if God becomes dominant in our lives, then that will humble us. That will submit. We will submit our will to him. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's how, 
that outward manifestation would happen with that. Okay, and then uh, definition number last, to use persuasion or inducement successfully. And for me, that would be teaching others and being a good example mm-hmm. to others like that. So that's how it would. So uh, very interesting ideas and things like that. But that, that um, you know, can, we, we can see if we do let God prevail in our lives that, you know, any of these things could happen for us and it could be, you know, it could change us, right? I mean, if, if God is prevailing in our lives, this is how we change uh, who we are and become more like him. And again, this just is like, all of this is just submitting to him and allowing him to work through us, uh, to, to be able to, um, to become the person that he wants us to be. And it involves, you know, handing over our whole self to God. And, and then like, like you were saying, right. Letting God, uh, give us a new self like that. And, but it doesn't, change who we are though that, that's I think one thing that I struggle with is like well you know I'm going to have to become a different person somebody I don't like or I'm going to have to be someone that isn't like me I mean I'm not someone who's going to give up my sarcastic <laughs> sense of humor <laughs> and my smart assery right because that's just a part of who I am and I that's I, I like that and it's just my personality I just enjoy um, that and and things like that but I don't know that you necessarily have to give up who you are inherently right i don't i don't think that that's what we're talking about no because innately we have always been who we are because we've always existed as our intelligence or that energy and then you know our spiritual bodies are created by heavenly mother and heavenly father then we come to earth and we receive our mortal bodies but all of that is encased in this mortal body so as we become more and more that intelligence or that light of truth ooh, and there's that intelligence is our light of truth. The light of truth is something that never changes. It is always true. It is light, meaning that it's always going to be looking for those things and bringing more light and wanting more light. And the more light I give, the more I'm true to that. Then that's where we find our pure selves and are able to serve and and allow him to prevail in our lives. So it's really searching for more light and more truth that increases that ability to do that and to be that and to allow that. Well said. <laughs> I have no response to that. You have no response. Ooh, I'm, I have first. now stumped Joe. This is a first. <laughs> Write it down. Hey, every episode we have a new first. So that was it for this one, I guess. Yeah. Well, no, that, that's the thing. I mean, we are light, right? And, and that is, uh, that, that's very interesting because uh, that always reminds me of my conversion story uh, where I was in steeped in spiritual darkness right and when i discovered the gospel that was complete light and understanding for me and i don't know i mean i mean there's a lot of people listening who can relate to that because they're not you know members of the church or anything and that's fine but uh you know if you feel like you are in spiritual darkness like you just don't know what to do next you don't understand who god is you don't feel that you are who you are or that you're being the best person that you can be, that you don't have light in your life. If you really feel that way, just submit your will to God. It's okay to just like kneel down and just say, you know, a prayer to God. But that's when you need to kneel down whenever there's that darkness and confusion. So it's good. You bring up your conversion story where you're in darkness and there's so much confusion. And that's where a lot of the world is. Even the people who are members or people who have faith, there's darkness and confusion. And that's the time that you need to kneel down and say, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I need you. But the truth is we need him all the time to bring more clarity and more truth and more focus to our lives and asking you have to ask and be willing to allow him, you know, he's knocking at the door, allow him in and to receive and then act on those things. And, and whenever that happens, that's letting him prevail. That's, that's the wholeness of what we're talking about is those steps of, of you got to first get down and be humble and meek and ask in your life and be willing to do whatever, but then it's the willingness to do what he says. And then that's the difficult part is many times we have our mortal checklist. Here we go. We're back to the checklist. That doesn't go with my checklist, God. (laughs) That's not what I want. I never, I never wanted that. Or I think that's going to be really hard or I know it's going to be really hard. And, and I don't, I don't want to agree to that. And that's where our, our natural man kicks in. It does, and um, you know, it's it's easy to doubt yourself as well. I mean, you know, uh, first step 
submitting yourself and just asking for help. And again, I don't know if you don't feel like you have a relationship with God or you don't go to church or you haven't, uh, you know, you've been away from faith and religion for a long time. You don't know what to do. You don't feel like you're worthy. You are. It's okay. You, you have to understand that God loves you and us, all of us, more than we could ever comprehend. And that's a wild thing to think about because we don't have that you know, immortal capacity to understand the kind of love that God truly has for every single one of us. Even if you feel like, oh, I'm a sinner or I don't, you know, I don't do anything for God. I don't go to church. I don't ever pray. How could he ever love me? He does. You, you have to understand that there's such a big picture here for all of us. Every single one of his children, he has a plan for all of us. And so you have every right to ask for him to come to your life. He's not going to force his will on Never. you. You have to ask. That's how it is. And that's, I think, something that people don't understand. They wonder why God never, you know, blesses them or never answers their prayers. Well, have you asked? You know, you really have but, to do that. And have you asked sincerely letting go of your checklist? So maybe that's where we need to move into is how do I let go of my checklist or what I want or, or you know, here's what I, my plan, what I want from my life. Here's what I want my kids to do. Oh, that's a big one. Faced, I've been faced a lot with that in in this week and talking with people, here's what I want my kids to do and be, and they're not doing that. And I'm really upset. How can I change them? That's not look with that. Yeah. That's not going to work. Not going to work. And it's looking at heavenly father. He doesn't try to change us. He just loves us. So the more you disagree with kids behavior, there's got to be boundaries. There's got to be rules. There's got to be consequences, but there also needs to be an outpouring of love that you love them, even though they're sinning or even though they're choosing to do things that aren't what you would choose for them to be. But letting go of those checklists, how do we do that? And what are my, what are our checklists? Recognizing where do I have checklists in my life about my career? I guarantee everyone have a checklist about your kids. Letting go of that and just saying to them, you know what, go and be who you want to be. As, and, and you find yourself in a way that I'll love and support you, but I'm also going to have these things that are requirements that, that we do as a family, and, and you're okay with that. And, but when they're 18 and they choose to go their own way and choose to go and do their own thing, still loving and supporting them in that. Um, your checklist for your spirituality, your checklist for your body image, your checklist for who you, know, who you are mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. There's, and there's a lot of checklists that we have in our lives, probably more than we really are aware of. Yeah, they're everywhere, uh, for sure, because right? I think that's very natural for us to, uh, to, you know, and we set goals, and that, you know, really is, is a checklist. We want to accomplish certain things, and and then uh, it becomes a checklist like that. And, and you know, I um, speaking of, and we'll just talk about our church and, and how that's done. I mean, the, the culture, again, is, is very focused on the checklist, and again, it's not the problem is not what's on the checklist because the checklists are all good things. They're usually activities that are important. The problem when we talk about the checklist is the mindset saying that if you don't do these things, you're not going to progress spiritually. You're not going to be loved by God. You're not going to be accepted. You're not going to get all the blessings he wants, all this fear and all those kinds of things. And, um, you know, just letting go of, of that mindset is the first step and just understanding, you know, I can do all these things, but you know, why am I doing them? And, you know, am I fearful? Am I doing them out of fear or am I doing them out of faith and love for God? But, you know, one thing I've noticed is the, um, you know, talking about your kids, right? The, the primary program of the church, and this is going to ruffle feathers and I'm, I'm, let me finish, <laughs> let me finish because I, I'm not, I'm not knocking that in any way, of course. Right. But if you look at it, um, Children are groomed from birth all the way up to 18. Uh, they participate in the primary program and in the young adult uh, program. Again, all very, very good things. But it just sort of, they, they, they are sort of groomed to that they have to live a certain way, right? They have to follow a particular path. And I understand, I mean, obviously this has been instituted by the church and by God. And of course these programs are important. And there's lots of really wonderful things that come out of the primary programs. I'm not going to knock the structure of the church in any way. What the, the problem is that good thing is taken. It's kind of twisted, you know, by the culture in a different mindset to mean that, Hey, the only path that your child should take is this path here. This is how they have to go. And children grow up through all of that. And they start to realize, well, this is who I am, which is not consistent with what 
I'm being told I have to be, right? And so they get this problem where they're forced, it's a you know, round peg in a square hole kind of thing where they f- they're forced, they feel like I have to follow this path through this program, but that's not really who I want to be. I don't want to have a temple marriage because I don't feel like that's the right thing for me or I don't want to go on a mission because I just don't, I'm not interested in all of that. And so again, the programs are not bad at all. They're very good. They're very important. There's so much good. And if you ever get a chance to, If you ever get a chance to go and see a primary program and you hear children singing hymns, you will never, ever doubt that God exists. Uh, You will feel a spirit in your heart and and a feeling in your heart that you have never experienced. There's nothing bad about the structure of the church and the programs that they have for our children and for all of us. That's not what I'm saying in any way. The problem becomes that the culture takes on a mindset like, well, the church says this is what, you know, the program says we need to do these things in our lives. So this is the only way. And we have to do everything we can to keep our children on that path because that's what God wants for them and that's who they have to become, whether they like it or not. That's what the problem is. That's where the mindset is. And you've got a lot of kids who rebel and all these kinds of things and it becomes problematic. Um, so, that's uh, what you're saying is right. Like let kids, you know, guide them and everything like that the right way, but let them choose who they are. Let them understand and develop who they are and realize that. And then they can follow it. And I think that's why they came up with a new program where they have the four areas and then the kids get to choose all of their goals. It used to be whenever I was in the church, which Joe wasn't in the church at this time, we had a book and you had to choose the goals from what they had told you. And now it's, no, you choose what you're interested in. You choose what you want to do. You pray about it. You ask because they're teaching them how to do that. Letting the Lord prevail in your life and coming up with these goals for yourself. So it's really, it is shifting more into them, allowing themselves to be who they are and embracing, embracing that different, like they're all have great differences within themselves. Did I just get on my soapbox for the second time? In this I think episode? maybe you did, yeah. but then okay. you got all choked up. So you made up for it well, after that. I was passionate that. about that. Well, no, and you're tr- true. And, and the thing is primary programs and children, it's pure truth because they know God, they still know God and they still are. What's interesting is they're willing to submit because they have to submit to their parents. That's how young children are else they would die because they need parents to take care of them, feed them, clothe them, put them in a house, have a place to sleep. And, and they understand submitting. We as adults become way more willful because we don't, we no longer are submitting to anyone. No, that's right. We take care of ourselves and we, that's what the world teaches as well is you need to take care of yourself. And that's true. We do. We have to be responsible. We, and the church teaches that as well. You, you know, you can't be a burden on society as an adult, you need to work, you need to take care of your own, you need to take care of your own responsibilities, you need to, uh, you know, have a family if that's what you want to do, and then you have to be responsible for all of that, so that's true, and I think that, we, you know, we're, we're grown-ups now, we're adults now, so I don't need, you know, to submit to someone else, because I take care of things myself, and I'm mature, and I, you know, I don't need to have that in my life, and that's where we kind of fall short. Right. We all need to have God in our lives um, that way, um, one of the, I want to kind of just uh, maybe even just to end on this or what have you, but uh, we uh, in, in President Nelson's talk on letting God prevail, he asked some very pointed questions that he challenges us to ask ourselves, and that's right. scary to me because you don't want to know the answer. I think right. That you do want to know the answer, and then it's being willing to be open to that. That the fear kind of comes up, of like, and what well, does that Well, you don't want to know the answer because then you're going to have to change, right? You're going to have to change who you are. I mean, change your habits. You choose, and change. but yeah, yeah, you do. But I mean, they're they're hard questions to look at because it's like, well, you know, he's right. You know, I do have to maybe, you know, ask these questions seriously, and maybe I do have to kind of change my behavior in order to let God prevail. And that's, I mean, change is just scary for people. But these are very profound questions. And uh, they, I, I would. That's our challenge for today. I think is just to ask yourself these questions, yep. and don't be afraid of the answers, but just see where you're at, you know, and just kind of say, well, what do I need to change? Am, am I, you know, am I really doing this or not? And then, and kind of see, you know, what do you want to do to to kind of get closer and let God prevail with that. Um, so, for example, uh, you know, are you willing to let God be the most important influence in your life? That's tough for me. That one's tough because that just means going all in and just not having any other influences in my life. And I don't know if I want to let go of the other influences yet. But it's a good question to ask. You know, that's what letting God prevail in your life means. 
is he is the most important influence in your life. Not the only influence. I guess you could look at it that way. Right, because he important. can't be. We also have our earthly influences all around us, mm-hmm. right? But really mm-hmm. turning to that influence and allowing, allowing and choosing to have that be the predominant influence in our life. Okay, will you allow his word, his influence, and covenants uh, to influence what you do each day? That's a tough one, right? Because, I mean, that kind of is just... Uh, you know, people could say, well, I have to be perfect every day. If I, if I have to allow the covenants and all these things influence me every day, you know, what if I sin? What if I make a mistake? Things like that. And right? it's That's allowing it's... those things to happen. Yeah. I think, too, let's go back to the influence. We're so in a world of influencers and we get on social media and that's where they say if you are looking at social media and allowing that to dominate your life and be your influence, you're going to be lost and you're going to be in darkness and confusion. And that's it's choosing God over the influences that are so prevalent in our lives. I'd still like to be an Instagram influencer. That does sound it's appealing. Think about it. <laughs> Buy this. It's got a lot, Do yeah, this. Exactly. I like all my followers. Uh, very good stuff. Okay, so will you allow his voice to take priority over any other? That's difficult because there's lots of voices out there, but, isn't there? But even think about that statement. I have to listen and want to listen to his voice. And then when I hear it, allowing that to move me as opposed to, well, I already had this plan for the day. I'm going to choose to do that instead of being allowing that and being influenced by that and choosing to do that. Well, you know how well guys listen in general. Yeah, it's a, kind of a concern. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. We're back to the, you know, women and how many women there will be in the celestial kingdom or in heaven as opposed to how many men, but. Well, that's a good deal for me. Good, yeah. <laughs> if I make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, okay. So, um, let's see. Allow what he needs you to do to take precedence over every other ambition. Hmm. Uh, Okay. That's tough because I have a lot of ambition, you know, a lot of things that I want to accomplish. And and I believe that he has things that if we listen, our ambitions will align with those. And that's allowing those things. And it's not that it's bad to have ambition, but it's, am I truly fitting what the Lord has put me here to do? Right. Well, that's the thing I think people struggle with is that God does have a plan for you and he does have a path that you can follow to be the happiest you could be and to become the person that he knows you can become. And it's hard to get on that path. It's hard for us to believe that and just submit our will to that. But um, that, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Are you willing to have your will swallowed up in his? Uh, maybe. That's t- that's Again, this is, I think this is a lifelong pursuit, and yeah. it's a daily recommitting of, okay, how did I do yesterday? Let's check in with that. How Was I willing to allow him to move me and to submit to his will? Or was it more of me being willful and what I chose to engage in? And, and saying, you know, maybe today, and it's always just a little realignment, kind of like the Liahona, how it realigned, you know, whenever they were righteous, realignment of my life of, okay, well, and today I'm going to realign a little bit different and see how that goes. And then experiment. It's experimenting on his word or experimenting with that and see what it brings you. Well, there's something interesting because there's always a promise, you know, when you do what the Lord asks you to do. And this is, uh, you know, you do the best you can with all of this, but hopefully this will give you some motivation to want to to try that um, because uh, you know he says that if you if you do let God prevail you'll receive answers to questions about the gospel about the things that you're praying for um, decisions will become easier issues become non-issues I thought that that was really interesting and I think that that you know Letting God prevail in our lives makes our lives simpler I think we right. focus on issues and we get caught up in issues if you just look on social media, Everyone's and got bring issues. Up every issue, every well, issue is a big and it's deal. The small and simple things again, and those things fall away as we become refined, like dross. They're no longer part of us. We become a refined person that has that that light and shares that light and and is filled with that light. And I no longer, you know, I no longer want to get involved in those issues, or they're not issues because I don't even give them time or energy. Well, that's the thing, and but that's that's kind of a very natural man thing. It's a very worldly thing. I mean, if you, I mean, you, you know, a lot of there's a lot of TV shows that just revolve around reality TV kind of shows, right? They just revolve around drama. They revolve around issues. They revolve around uh, conflict and confrontation with people. And this is all 
ungodly, that kind of stuff. There's, I mean, you don't have to have that kind of crap in your life, and it just sucks the energy out of you, and it makes you uh, really into a, a negative person. And letting God kind of prevail, that's what happens. Like, you know, you start to refocus. And I've experienced that just by, you know, joining the church and living the gospel, that, yeah, you refocus on what's truly important because you have an eternal perspective. You have a much greater spirituality. And a lot of the crap that goes on in life isn't important in any way. And you just don't have time for it anymore. You just don't even want to to do that. And it's true. Like, you know, if 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 you feel that your life is complicated, you know, just let God prevail in your life, and I think those issues will go away. Like yep. You'll just have much more peace and contentment in your heart and in your life, and it'll be just... It's a much better way to, to live, I think. It's just very uncomplicated, and you know you have things like peace and love in your heart instead of contention and jealousy. Worry and worry, all these things. Oh, all yeah, the things. It's, that stuff just And kills that's where you. the culture melts away, because if I'm, if I'm letting God prevail, the culture no longer exists. That's interesting, but it's true, isn't it? It is. Yeah, funny, I know, but it's true. Well, and that's the, in, in Holland's talk, he talks about the love of God to dwell in the hearts of the people. When the love of God sets the tone for our own lives, for our relationships to each other, and ultimately our feelings for all humankind, old distinctions, limiting labels, and artificial divisions, which is the culture, begin to pass away and peace increases. That it, whenever my heart is full of love, there is no culture because I just love everyone exactly where they're at, and I don't need to judge them or tell them that you don't fit in because everyone fits in. It doesn't matter where you're at and who you are. That is really profound. Yeah, and that that is. I mean, that's again. I've always said this: the uh, the culture of the church and what I've seen and the the destruction of it is. I mean, it's it's a you know it's a black eye on the church, but it, it's it's more than that. It it is hurting people and it keeps people from actually staying in the church or joining the church or, or letting God in their lives because all that judgment is so destructive. And, yeah, we need to get rid of that. And uh, Right. Then, then he can... gives the example of the Book of Mormon where there are no more ites, like, you know, Lamanites, Jacobites, Zoramites. Um, they all were the children of Christ. And or termites. Or termites. Oh, that's good. <laughs> they, <they're terrible. laughs> but, but we are all the children of Christ. And when letting God prevail, if everyone were to do that, there would be harmony, peace, and and the world would shift into a healing place as opposed to a destructive place. That's, I mean, that's amazing. That's totally possible. And I think a lot it of people is. don't believe that because they get beat up by the world and, and their own. Um, and, and, you know, the adversary, of course, is always telling you that you're not good enough and things like that. And, and when you, you know, miss the mark and sin, you know, he'll just be there to reinforce it. Like, yeah, you know, you, you aren't good enough and, and you don't. So you kind of take that negativity and you just decide that, you know, I'm not worthy enough to let God prevail in my life, but you are. Everyone is. We're all, this is a concept that's amazing. We're all children of God, which means that we all have divine potential and we all have God's DNA in us, right? Think about that because we are literal offspring of a heavenly father. So our spirit was literally created from heavenly parents and we have their DNA in us, and then our spirit is now existing in a mortal body as we go through life and this stage in our eternal journey. But you have every right to become like God in a sense, right? Because you have that divine potential, and no matter who you are or the choices you've made or where you're at in your life today, it doesn't define you. You can make new choices, and you can allow God to prevail in your life and see you know, the potential that he has for you and follow a path that will bring complete happiness. And it's okay you know, if you're not perfect along the way, it's, it, that has nothing to do with it. Just start letting God prevail in your life in one way, in one small way at this point. Just pick something, just kneel down and say a prayer and just say, I want to submit my will to thee. What do I have to do? Yeah. And, then and where, what would you want me to do? There's the question. Well, I want you to wrap up the podcast because I think we're out of time. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we are. <laughs> uh, but but, uh, but what, would, what would he have me do? And I'm willing to whatever that is. It is, and that's a t- that is a tough one to you know just to say to tell God sincerely what are you willing to me to do because you don't want to hear the answer most of the time like you're like the answer can be because it's going to require you to change or do something that you don't want to do or that you think you don't want to do or it's going to alter like you know I really want to go in this direction and He wants to take you in another direction like the uh, you know the, the parable of the rich man who came to the Savior and said what do I have to do to follow you and He said sell everything that you have and pick up a cross and come follow me kind of thing. Because that's where his focus was. It is, yeah, that's the thing. But then he walked away and said, man, I don't know if I can do that because he he was so wealthy. And so 
I don't know. That's a, it's a, it's a, it's kind of, you know, we, we may be asked to do things that we don't want to do, but you have to look at it like, you know, this is what God wants me to do. And, and, you know, he knows me better than I know myself. And maybe he, you know, what he knows will bring me real happiness. Maybe the things that I really want to do that I think I want to do aren't going to bring me the happiness that I deserve. And so be open to that. That's all we're saying. Right. Be open to that and, and, and be aware. And I think before you kneel down, just being willing and saying things to yourself, I am open to allowing whatever, whatever God tells me, really coming to a place of feeling and sensing that of openness and willingness and not just asking this is what I want. This is what I want for blessings. Thank you for this. And then waiting for the answers to come. It's going and submitting and saying, I'm kneeling down because I'm willing and open to submit to whatever you tell me and willing to do those things and, and meaning that there has to be a sincerity to it whenever that happens. Absolutely. I think that's uh, that's a wrap for this episode. Yep. That was uh, This is a great episode. I was actually really impressed at uh, how this all came out and uh, uh, lots of wonderful advice and, and just, you know, the takeaways, just surrender, just surrender and try that. And it's okay wherever you are at your point in your life, whatever you're doing, whatever you're dealing with, it doesn't matter. You still are welcome and you still have every right to ask God to prevail in your life and uh, just start with that and just don't worry about trying to be perfect or don't worry about fixing your problems or whatever you have. It doesn't matter. We're always going to have problems that need to be fixed throughout entire life. We're never going to all be perfect. So don't wait for that. Just submit, ask and listen, and then be willing to do what, whatever answer you get and whatever God wants you to do. And you'll be surprised at how amazing your life can become. So with that, thank you once again, as always. Uh, we love our listeners, and uh, we're very grateful for this opportunity. Uh, we do know that this is, uh, I think, um, kind of God's plan for us at this point in our life. We're very happy to prepare and provide this uh, wonderful resource to all of you, and it's uh, equally as important to us. We learn so much, and we do apply uh, everything we talk about because we need it just as much as anyone does. And so uh, keep listening, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next podcast. And in the meantime, keep the faith and keep the stick on the ice. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Impeccable Perspective Podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Amazon Prime, iHeartRadio, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. Oh.